I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, joined this week by... Devin. And... Steve. Yeah. So joined this week, I guess joined every week. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm Steve, and I'm filling Steve's seat this week. Yeah. I'm Devin, filling in for Devin. She's on assignment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've, uh, I've taken over Joe's body. I'm not really Joe. I'm a demon. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's tackle a mystery. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. All right. This week, we're going to talk about the mysterious death of Huey Long in 1935. Huey Long's a pretty famous guy. Probably most of you have heard of him. Certainly, if you're an older American, you've heard of him. Uh, he also was, was known as the Kingfish. He was governor of Louisiana from 1928 to 1932, and then was elected to the U.S. Senate from Louisiana in 1932. He was assassinated in 1935. And don't, don't feel bad if you haven't actually heard of him, because I hadn't. You hadn't heard of him? Yeah. Had you? Uh, yeah, I had, but that's because was it John Goodman played a role as him in the remember. movie The Kingfish? I think it was John Goodman who Could played have been. that. Yeah, I don't know. That's the only reason I knew about it. Okay. Yeah. Although you want to know a funny side note? No. Okay. So here it is anyway. Joe initially was pitching this story to me a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't remember who Huey Long was, and I got him completely confused with somebody else in American politics, which mm. would be James Garfield. 
Oh. Oh, really? That's... Who was assassinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was, I was sitting there going, dude, I don't know how you're going to turn the assassination of James Garfield into a podcast. That doesn't work. The only thing that I know about Garfield is... You know, the the disgusting stuff that happened to him after he was shot. Mm-hmm. You but, guys know that, right? No, nah, actually, I'm, I'm kind of ignorant of that. What happened? So when he was shot, he was shot in the stomach and he couldn't eat. So they had, they, he stayed alive for weeks after the fact. So one of the things they tried to do to keep him alive, this is an actual thing. They gave him what are called nutrient enemas. Ew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I think it was peanut butter. They were putting, they were feeding him rectally, which caused such obscene gas that even the doctors couldn't be in the room with Yeah, him. I bet. Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I was, I, I just couldn't figure out how you would turn that into a mystery. Well, you know, it's time to change the theme of our podcast anyway. So no. Really gross oh, uh... stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, we kind of, we kind of tapped out all the whole unsolved mysteries. This is the last one, except for, yeah, no, this is the last one. Yeah. yeah I checked the internet. There's mm-hmm. none left. Nothing left. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, folks. Okay, back to our mystery. He was oh, wrong. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. We're actually doing a real mystery. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Even, he was, he was popular. Huey Long was popular in Louisiana, but it's also very polarizing. You either loved him or you hated him. Uh, his detractors called him, among other things, a dictator, a demagogue. A fascist uh, and a socialist. Demagogue is like one of my favorite words. Yeah, that is a good word. What is, specifically, what is the definition of demagogue? Because I've seen it used and I never, I've I've always heard it described in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I I, I guess the best definition is a demagogue is somebody who tells, uh, I think, insightful lies, you know, inciting lies. Like, for example, Al Sharpton, I I would call Al Sharpton. Sorry for any Al Sharpton fans out there, but I would say he demagogues a lot of issues by by taking taking an issue that's really you know and, and interpreting it in, in, in an unreasonable way. The do you want the dictionary? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me have dictionary. that. Yeah, the, it's a noun. Uh, it's for a political leader who seeks support by appealing to popular desires and prejudices rather than using rational arguments. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a that's probably a better definition than mine. He uh, long achieved his goals generally through intimidation and bribery rather than just persuasion. He was basically a machine politician, and he controlled and appointed, appointed people to lots and lots of jobs. And so he was able to dole out favors to his his, his buddies and his cronies and, and political allies. And That was and, pretty common, though, in that day and age oh, yeah, in politics. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. He was the picture of a corrupt politician, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and he also tried to make life hell for his opponents. He would, he would go out of his way to get people fired, and even people who weren't actually speaking out against him. They just happened to be members of the family of somebody who mm. crossed him. And yeah, was, I was going to say, the family know. member thing is what I always just shook my head at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. vindictive. Yeah, he was, he was very vindictive. Well, anyway, he uh, long actually campaigned for Roosevelt in 1928, or excuse me, 1932, I believe it was. Uh, but after he was elected to the Senate, he, he decided to, to break with the Roosevelt administration, and he started thinking about running for the presidency himself. Uh, he was a big critic of the Federal Reserve Bank, and he said that his policies were the real cause of the Great Depression. And in that particular instance, he might have actually had a point. Even though I, I wouldn't agree with Huey Long on a lot of things. But anyway, to move on, he was in the Senate now in 1934, and he introduced his bright idea, which called he called Share Our Wealth. So his plan was a very radical one, to cap personal fortunes at $50 million, uh, limit annual incomes to a $1 million, and cap inheritance, uh, inheritances at $5 million. And then spread all the wealth around. That's sure it had all been taken by the government. I, 
Okay. Yeah. I read this a number of times and I never quite understood. So if I am making over 50 mil, mm-hmm. then anything above that number, the government takes no, and no, uses no, no. to destroy. No, 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 no. That's your... Well, that's not your income. The, the fifty million is your personal fortune, what you have in assets, okay. bank accounts. So you everything. can't be personally worth more than fifty million dollars. You can't make more than one million dollars a year, and you can't inherit more than five million dollars. Yeah, five million in assets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, total. Yeah. So, so yeah. then, what happens? What would happen if I made one point one million? What happens to that? Point one million. Does the government then take that and use it yeah. however it deems fit? Is yeah. that how this was going to work? Apparently, that's how it was going to work. Yeah, and I don't know what. I guess I suppose if say if you have a fortune of uh, at fifty million, and say you make a million bucks that year, I suppose you don't get to keep any of it because you know you, otherwise you'd be tacking it onto your personal fortune, of, and then you'd have fifty-one million. From an economic standpoint, this is a terrible idea. No, yeah. well, oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, <laughs> It encourages people to spend what they make instead of saving it, mm-hmm. right? It encourages the spreading of wealth, and it's kind of like the ideal trickle-down economics, right? It's the the pinnacle of encouraging people who have to spend back into the economy that maybe fuels other people. I think it's one of those things that, in theory, it could could or could not be a good idea. In practice, there's no way. I was going to say, uh, in, yeah. in practice, it discourages people from doing things, taking mm. a risk to do something that can make gads of money, because then they're going to be over the limit. And why the hell would I want to take that risk and make all that money just to not get just it? To, yeah, exactly. Just to invest all that time and effort and my capital to then get my capital back, but then get no return on it because now I've, I've got too much money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's an economic theory. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not here to talk about it. We're not here. Yeah, absolutely. Like but yeah, I, obviously his, his proposal didn't get very far in the Senate. So he started, he started a political organization called the share our wealth society, which was essentially like a political party. And it had 27,000 clubs, quote unquote, across the country and by the time Huey Long died the society had seven and a half million members wow so yeah it was uh, you know obviously a lot of people liked that idea after he went to the senate uh, Huey Long continued to dominate Louisiana politics he went back to Baton Rouge quite often and and wrote and lobbied for bills he so, never really left the, his position as governor. Not, not entirely. You know, when he, when he, was, he would zip over to Washington for a little bit and then come back. And apparently the governor who succeeded him would, uh, whenever, whenever Huey Long was in town, Huey Long would just take over his, his office. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that went over really well with him. He was a supporter, so I'm sure it was one of those things you had to do for Mm. the man who got you the job. Yeah. But he also just, he'd walk and he'd walk all over everybody and just yell and point and holler and dictate to people what needed to be done. Mm -hmm. When that was not his position anymore. Mm -hmm. I know. But he still, a lot of people did what he told them to do. He still had lots of influence. He had lots of power. Yeah. His consolidation of power continued to grow, even though he was no longer the governor, uh, and opposition got more intense and sometimes even violent. There was actually talk about armed rebellion. Oh. And, uh, yeah, 
he, um, in that summer of 1935, he called two more special sessions of the legislature and passed a bunch of bills and got, got his, all his cronies in the legislature to pass him a bunch of bills. They consolidated his, his control over the state by creating several new state agencies. Wasn't it, yeah. weren't the bills passed kind of like rapid fire one after another and yeah. there wasn't even, they didn't even read the bills yeah, before voting didn't, didn't on really it. They just said, okay, that. next one, yeah, guys. Yeah, he wants it, yep. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, so let's see what new state agencies he created here. State bond and tax board holding sole authority to approve approve all loans to parish and municipal governments. Uh, a new state printing board, which could withhold, quote-unquote, official printer status from uncooperative newspapers. That was aimed to stop people who were bashing along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so essentially, yeah. And it's kind Stifle of First Amendment yep, stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, a new board of election supervisors, which would appoint all poll watchers. Now that's handy to have on election Super day. Super handy. You have control over all the all the poll watchers across the state, uh, and also a state board of censors. Huey Long controlled all appointments to all these boards. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. Was it? And it, do you know? You may or may not know. Was the wording of the new laws specifically and Huey Long, or was it and the senator of the state? Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, these were in Louisiana only. They yeah. were through the Senate. Right, yeah. but I'm saying the, the bill that they passed, you know, I don't, did it say... I don't think they did, but I think, I think, it was, I think everybody just assumed that Huey Long that was, was going okay. to make the appointments, or okay. else he was actually... Actually, the, the appointments would have been made by the governor, mm-hmm. who I'm sure so, would do exactly sure. whatever he would rubber Huey stamp what Long yeah. told him to do. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go. He, there were lots of other stuff that he did. I mean, if you've read up in this guy at all, it's like, oh my yeah. God. He's kind of a jerk. He's a, he was a flaming jerk. It's and, a, there, there's a trail of bodies, so to speak, behind this guy. Yeah, I would I would not be surprised to find out there's a trail of real bodies, actually. One of his, one of his, uh, one of his political opponent, opponents actually did die in a convenient train wreck. It was a car train wreck. But that could have been an accident. Mm. Yeah. Could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. You know, those happen. Yeah. Uh, in August of 1935, Long finally announced that he was going to run for president the following year. But a month later, September 8th, 1935, he was at the state capitol ramming through a new law, which is called House Bill Number 1, which was a redistricting plan. One of his opponents was a judge named Henry Pavey, who served in the 16th District Judgeship, and he'd been there since 1910. He an elected judge. Long-standing. Yeah, he had been there. Yeah. Uh, so House Bill Number 1 was specifically meant to change the boundaries of his district to include more Long supporters so that he would be out of a job huh. come next election. Uh, that passed uh, about 9.15, the night of the September 8th. It was a long session. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot one other thing. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Long also told Pavi that he was going to tell everybody in the world that Pavi's family was tainted with, quote, coffee blood, unquote. Um, coffee blood meaning they had a, there was a there was a black person somewhere in the family. Okay, living. I was going to say this this is a racial slur. I'm assuming for the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's like uh, yeah, and, and this is Louisiana in the 1930s. Yeah, 1930s, so obviously and... it was it would be a bigger deal to make uh, yeah. that kind of accusation. Yeah, at that no, time. I can see in context how offensive that would be uh, for yeah. an upstanding for the time the upstanding white citizen to mm. be accused of that mm-hmm. just knowing how people were at that time yeah it was it was a serious thing then mm. yeah obviously but well, yeah in yeah. some some was, certain communities it still is but yeah probably which is yeah. still dumb yeah. But. yeah okay now back to back to the session uh, or actually let's talk about let's talk about the assassin whose name was dr carl weiss he was 29 years old he was judge Pavi's son-in-law 
And he was at the Capitol that day trying to get to speak to Long, but every time he would approach him, he'd get a rude brush off from Long and his, and his bodyguards. How many were there, by the way, the bodyguards? I was never able to find out exactly how many. I got, I got a feeling there were at least four, if not like six or eight. I mean, there were a bunch. Of, they were all state troopers. I, well, and, and I remember reading, I can't remember what it was, about something a year or two prior that had caused him to then only travel with bodyguards, but I'd never seen how many there were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure either okay i'm sure there were i know there were at least four okay i don't know that's that's better than i don't know so i perfect i I suspect there could have been a whole bunch of them because you'll find out this in a second um yeah yeah Yeah. he was he kept trying to approach long and he'd get rudely brushed off uh, and And this is wise and carl wise wise yeah yeah. carl wise at 9.20 p.m., just after House Bill Number 1 had passed, Long exited the legislative chamber, was in the corridor outside, and uh, he was approached by Weiss a third time, although some, some accounts of this say that Weiss was actually hiding behind a column in the, in the, in the corridor, and as, as, as Long walked by, he popped out. Uh, he owned a 32 caliber automatic that he usually kept in his car, but apparently he had it on him. Uh, when he tried to talk to Long, he got another insulting brush off, at which point he pulled off the 32 and shot Long from about four feet away. Although there's evidence that if he did indeed shoot Long, that he actually shot him from like right up close and personal, actually put the gun to his body. Mm. And because apparently there were pow- there were powder burns on his jacket. Yeah, so yeah no, we've talked been... about yeah. some of that before. You do have to be exceedingly close for the powder burns to, mm-hmm. to transfer. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah. Certainly closer than four feet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, there's like uh, there's a lot of different witnesses and a lot of different accounts of this. Uh, the bodyguards returned fire and they shot Weiss 62 times, which is reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He was clearly dangerous. Yeah, yeah. What was it? It was like 30 some bullets in the in the torso, five or ten in the head, and the rest in the legs. I, I mean, got... it's just like literally riddled with bullets. Yeah, the thing. The about guy it was is... a human colander at that point. Oh yeah. The thing well, about it is, is that when when whenever the cops, at least this is the way it seems to happen these days in this town whenever they shoot somebody a bunch of times usually about half the bullets miss if not more mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there was a lot of lead flying around that corner. these guys yeah. were crack shots yeah yeah that or they just shot like 120 times well they yeah. were automatics yeah yeah I, maybe they had a couple of tommy guns i don't know it could have been that i don't but yeah was... i can't say but I remember I, seeing something about Tommy guns, but it seems that seems really excessive mm-hmm. for a bodyguard for a U.S. senator to be packing around. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just that's a lot of yeah. firepower. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Um, I, you know, I have no idea. Yeah, I think that I think really probably you know he they probably shot him about a dozen times and then just stood over his body and shot him a bunch more times. Yeah. So basically, yeah. he died. Oh, but yeah, so he died. were they not taking care? Of, they were busy shooting. What was what was Long doing? Did Long die immediately? He fell no. to the ground? Or? No, no, no. He uh, he did. He wasn't dead at that point. He staggered huh. down the corridor and went down four flights of stairs where he met somebody. And the, the name of this person is unknown, but that, that's, this person drove him to the Our Lady of the Lake Sanitarium, which is about a quarter mile away. That person is always referred to as an associate yeah exactly. i i when i, I when i read your stuff and i'd read it and i realized i hadn't found it i kept trying to find that it's always an associate mm-hmm. yeah so don't ask me and mm. did she have a sword for king arthur that's all i can think yeah. of sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. yeah i can't hear that without thinking about monty python and the holy yeah, grail exactly yeah yeah oh. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, where, where are we at here? Oh, yeah. He Our Lady long. of the Lake. Yeah, Our Lady. It, so uh, he was operated on and patched up, but he died anyway about 30 hours later. Um, so Huey Long is dead, assassinated. But was he actually assassinated? Was he? Yeah, that's the mystery. Oh, yeah, and the other mystery is uh, what kind of medical treatment did he get? There's... Was it adequate? Yeah, was it adequate? Seems like maybe not. I don't know that it, that 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 question is is right to ask based on what I've read, but I know mm. we're going to get into it. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's bit. hard to. I mean, yeah, a bullet to the gut. Mm. Mm. It just depends on what hard. it hits, you yeah. know, and all that stuff. Yeah. All right, back to Huey. He was, uh, even though he was popular with some people, they said he alienated a lot of other people, and even in the medical community, he had alienated people. Uh, and so he didn't trust any old doctor to operate on him or treat him. But there was a doctor who happened to be in the hospital at the time who was a long appointee and then therefore considered trustworthy. Mm, just happened to be there. Yeah, mm. yeah. his name was Arthur, was Arthur Vadrine. Uh, and he was acceptable, even though there were probably far better surgeons out there, you know. The other surgeons maybe wanted to kill Long. So when, when I've been shot, I usually don't squabble about who my doctor is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arthur Vidrine, uh, Doctor Vidrine, examined Huey Long and, and decided that the wound was a through and through wound, one in the front, front to back, and out the back. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he told Long that surgery was needed, and Long agreed to that, but he requested a couple of well-known surgeons from New Orleans who were summoned. But as his condition was deteriorating so much, it was decided the surgery couldn't wait. I also so, remember one of those uh, doctors got weirdly delayed by... A I car accident? Yeah, well, that's what it yeah, was. was mm. yeah. yeah, one of them couldn't make it because, well, he was in a fender bender. Weird. yeah. yeah. Which is a conspiracy. I mean, no, it's not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the uh, politics is, uh, uh, you know, I think everything in Louisiana at this time, and maybe it's still this way today, I don't know, Was everything seemed to be politicized. Uh, so anyway, Arthur, Dr. Verdreen became the chief surgeon, and he was assisted by two other surgeons. Uh, an anesthesiologist was recruited. His name was Henry McCowan, but he was anti-Long, and he had reportedly said just a couple of days before that if he ever did anesthesia on, on Huey Long, Huey would never wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so he he said he would do it, but he stipulated that another doctor had to be right at his side, watching his every move. Smart man. Yeah, smart move. Oh, and and so time time for surgery. But what didn't they do before surgery? They didn't take any X-rays. Do you know why? No, why? No, I'm no, asking. I I, I I've never not, found out why. I don't know why. I mean, I I really can't understand it. It seemed to me you'd want to take an X-ray or two and find out where the bullet is. If there's, and maybe that's why they didn't do it. Is maybe they felt like. The doctor concluded it was a through and through wound. So if he had already decided that the bullet was not in the Wasn't body, in maybe they didn't need to take the time to do X-rays. I mean, well, it's time to rush into surgery. Six hours between the time that he arrived and the time he went into surgery. Correct? Uh, no, it wasn't that long. Was it? Was it not that? I thought it was. Was it? Three or how long was it then? I thought it was like six hours between when he arrived uh -huh. and when the scalpel touched because he was waiting for those other doctors. No, actually, it was almost two hours. Okay, well, the started the surgery. Regardless, two hours seems like more than enough time to wheel him into the x ray bay mm -hmm. and at least take a shot. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know if. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If he thought it was a through and through, if there's a hole in the front and a hole in the back, where where else is the bullet going to be? Why even bother taking an x-ray? Those things are expensive. Mm -hmm. 
but but the thing is, X-rays show things, not just metal, but you do see... I mean, granted, the technology wasn't that great at the time, mm-hmm. but it would give you an idea of if there's pooling of blood in areas of the body, because he's going to have to be in a prone position mm-hmm. to take this. Not as if he can stand up. That's yeah, fair, I could probably, yeah. probably show you, like, you know, some ribs got chipped or broken. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's going to have been laying down for a while. So I just... I, I feel like there would have been some information to be gained from doing the x-ray. Mm. There were some there were some strange uh, decisions made regarding this whole surgery. It was it was a really really peculiar thing. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy named Ed Reed wrote a book of, about this whole thing, about, about um, the death of Huey Long. It was called Requiem for a Kingfish. And he said that the surgery was, quote, one of the most bizarre and unreal operating room settings that one could possibly imagine. Spectators, bodyguards, and medical professionals elbowed each other for space in the operating room, unquote. Well, there goes and, all the, the sterilization practices. Yeah. I know. Some of, them, uh, some of them wore surgical gowns, but most were in street clothes. And, yeah, just standing right there in the operating room. It's no wonder he died. This he did get an infection later. Yeah, but yeah. you know this makes me think of is, is whenever it's a, a big political figure, mm-hmm. this kind of garbage happens. I swear it was something like a similar situation when there was the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. That a bunch of people were in the room yeah, when he JF- was being treated. JFK's JFK was the other one. There was a bunch of Secret Service in the room. It's mm-hmm. like what. What, what, where does, why is it when you're super, super important, do we throw out all of the safety rules? I well, know. I wonder if the reason that you have a bodyguard in there is to make sure that, you know, that the, your person's going to wake up from anesthesia, right? I mean... Mm. Somebody doesn't snuff them. Yeah. yeah. Take well, the opportunity. Yeah. That's the thing is, if you're the, if you're the surgeon or the surgeons in this case, you probably want to have at least one or two of Wong's cronies in there to witness it and make sure, make sure you didn't murder him. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sounded like a house party. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah like like they had a keg probably, in the corner. And it again, was probably a little overkill, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, don't, I don't think any of these people, if they were in street clothes, I'm sure they didn't like you know scrub or sanitize themselves. No. Way, so... Our, Dr. Vadrine was assisted by two other surgeons, one of whom was named Cook. I can't remember his first name. Uh, they opened long up. They found he, it appeared that he hadn't been damaged too badly. His colon was perforated, so they repaired that, and then they stitched him up. Um, and apparently no bullet was found, but accounts differ on this. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and Arthur Vadrine reportedly said that, quote, it was just a perforation of the intestines. But then later on, another doctor arrived at the hospital... And he told that doctor that the, the right kidney was damaged and bleeding. And he was asked if he'd seen the kidney, and, and Madrid said that he, he had only felt it. That really doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you've, mm. you've, you've, you've determined that the, kid, the kidney is damaged, but you don't bother doing any repairs before you close them up. Or looking at it. Or looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've got the wrinkled eyebrow thing going, like, what? Yeah. I know. I know. Well, I don't get it either, but like I said, this is a strange, uh, strange medical situation, and, uh, and I read a really long, very scholarly ar- article on this. I don't know yeah. if you guys read that. Oh, same. I went through that mm. thing. It's quite good, actually. It's but, yeah, it's yeah. well laid out. Yeah, and he uh, he says that it's apparent that medical practice was tainted by politics in this case. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> he Long's condition deteriorated. It was apparent he was losing blood, so that meant he was bleeding internally. Mm. And six hours after surgery, a blood count was done. It showed signs that he was uh, had an infection. Surprising. Yeah, big surprise, huh? Uh, hopefully, the surgeon scrubbed in at least before you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. please, at least yeah. one person in this. Mm. Yeah. 
but the, but the doctors felt that uh, Long was too weak to withstand another surgery, so they just gave him drugs and blood transfusion. And eventually, 30 hours after he was shot, he died. Yeah, that's not yeah. going to keep... I mean, not for too long, unless mm-hmm. you can stop the bleeding. Yeah. I, I understand I'm not a doctor, and I understand that when someone is desperately, desperately ill, the trauma of cutting them back open and rooting around in their insides is going to uh-huh. do do more harm than good. Yeah, it's the shock. It, it's right. a real huge shock to your system. But if if this guy has already got an incision where they've gone in once, that's not a that's not really a new trauma to cut the stitches. Mm-hmm. Well, and if all you're going is, in to but... do is say, I know the kidneys got a perforation let's stitch it up real quick mm-hmm. i yeah. don't see how uh, then again practices at the time are not what they are now it used to be you shoved your hands in there and did everything and and juggled all the guts around whereas now they've got better tools so they're uh-huh. not doing all of that but it just amazes me it's like yeah you've had three transfusions today and eh, we're just not going to do anything well i don't yeah. think i mean i do think that a an incision like that begins to heal much more quickly than I think you might think it does. It's not, I don't think it is a matter of just like stitches and then, Oh, it's just an opening that's like still there. I think that, you know, it's starting to scab, hopefully ideally, right. It's starting to scab over. It's starting to heal itself. You're really and grossing to me damage that. I'm sorry, but <laughs> to re-damage that just... is probably going to do like, way more shock than it would have been to even cut him open. He's going to have an Again, awesome I'm scar. Not a Chicks did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, uh, well, if we have any surgeons out there, why don't you guys like just send us an email and let us know. He's probably some guy doing open heart surgery right now while he's listening, listening to, to our it. podcast. Yeah. Don't you think? Yelling, no! <laughs> Sir, please, pay attention Jaws. to what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Devin never saw Jaws. That's BS. <laughs> uh, okay, where were we? Uh, <laughs> Off topic. Yeah, wait. Amazing. I think we're at theories. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Not quite the theories. He died. One, one last interesting little thing here. No autopsy was done. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, seriously. No autopsy was done. That would have been actually really helpful. Super helpful. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. But apparently, Huey Long's wife didn't want an autopsy done, so they didn't do it. Um, so I guess unless we go to Louisiana and dig up his body and check for bullets in it. Well, then... even then, I think it's probably... It's probably pretty far gone right yeah body. actually uh dr carl weiss's body was exhumed in 1991 why yeah interesting well apparently apparently they were um counting the bullets no they didn't need to count yeah, the bullets geez. so much i think they wanted they wanted to do like uh, blood and tissue samples or whatever whatever oh, they could and find oh. out if there was any evidence of uh, anything in his brain that that could have caused him to go around the bend and shoot because he mm-hmm. really wasn't a violent he wasn't a violent person and mm-hmm. um, and even though he had somewhat of a motive it wasn't a strong motive really not for murder to, not for murder yeah. yeah and and so they thought well was he was it drugs or was it some sort of mental condition or mm. you know brain tumor or what what caused and so they so they dug his body up and even even though I found a couple of articles on them exhuming the body, I was not ever able to ever find anything about what results they came up with, mm. if anything. That usually means there was no re- that no pro- results of any note. That most likely is what it means, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Huey's not been dug up as far as I know. He's he's buried at the state capitol in Louisiana, by the way. No, okay, yeah. of course yeah. he is. Yeah, well, course. hey, let's, he's not cryogenically uh, frozen. In let's the jump in your car. I got yeah, a couple let's... of shovels. We'll yeah. go find out. Actually, sledgehammers. I think he's in like a like a marble or granite crypt. Oh, I just yeah, I just bought a new four pound hammer. Perfect. Yeah, we yeah, can put that thing yeah. to use. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's time to move into our theories now. It's going to be a dirty look. I'll shut yeah. up. Yeah, we're doing theories now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't break into graves too often. 
All right, theories. Uh, number one theory, he was assassinated by Carl Weiss, who had uh, he did have a good documented motive to not like him. Because he was going to put his father-in-law out gonna, of a job? And because he was going to slander the family. You know, so, you that... know. Yeah, well, that's, that, that, is, that, that is an issue. Because, you know, Pavi was, uh, ben, Judge Pavi, was uh, 60 years old at the time of Huey Long's murder, and, and he was about to actually turn 61. So it's not, if it would put him out of a job, it wouldn't be for that long before his retirement anyway. Aren't judges, like, also paid forever? Mm, I don't know if he... If they are, are they, pensions? like, Congress and I, I don't know if it, at that senators? time... If they had, I, if yeah, they I don't believe in that municipality, that kind of judge would be. I know that in higher courts mm. they are, mm. but that's those are usually really high, kind of federal-level courts. Sure. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Yeah. And, of course, this wasn't going to necessarily put him uh, put him into poverty because he's still, the guy's still a lawyer. He can still practice law. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that wasn't the end of the world necessarily for Pavi. So, I that's, don't, yeah. That's the official, that's the official explanation is that, is that Weiss did it. Actually, I read the uh, Louisiana State Police reopened the case and because some interesting evidence was found. And so, they reopened it and just went over all the, all the evidence again and concluded that when Carl Weiss was the shooter. Hmm. So, that's what the, the official version is i know that when you that. i know that when you take tours through that courthouse where all of this went down mm. one of the things the tour guides always do is they always point to a pockmark in the column mm-hmm. and say that's where the bullet that killed huey long hit the column mm. and then somebody actually investigated it it's not actually a fracture it's just a dark spot yeah in the just, marble it's just an imperfection in the marble yeah. I, know, I know yeah uh you would think there'd be some bullet holes unless unless that, of course the if, if the state troopers bodyguards were really really accurate they're marksmen and then mm. they and they didn't miss a single shot but you would think there'd be a lot of pock marks in the walls you would the think shooting. that wouldn't you really would yeah Okay, so much for that theory. Uh, theory number two. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, Carl Weiss was an assassin for the International Zionist Conspiracy. Uh, FDR, actually, Franklin Roosevelt, and or his cabinet was involved also. Mm. Uh, I got this from the guys over at Jew Watch, uh, which is a, a website that I stumbled across while researching this story. This is this is Jew-watch. a fantastic, please note sarcasm, website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it really is. Just a bunch of paranoid, you know, anti-Semitic ravings. But back to back to these guys. So according, <laughs> according to Jew Watch, quote, Long was assassinated because he was one of the most charismatic leaders of the 1930s, and he was going to run for president. He could easily have defeated Roosevelt and would have put international Jewry back 200 years. I don't understand. Quote. That's, and that's, again, that's what, that's what these guys are saying. Yeah, I, I don't know how, I, I mean, I guess because Huey Long was going to attack capital. That's what he was doing. And he was going to spread the money around. Yeah. Take and it course, out of the, uh, decentralize it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so since, since, of course, according to people like this, I'm not saying this, of course, but according to people, the people at Jew Watch, since the Jews have all the money, then obviously they don't want to have it taken from them. Mm, and it cuts them back 200 years. So yeah. many terrible, terrible things. And yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue and just say, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I'm, I'm just throwing this one in for fun just because, uh, and just for, so our listeners know, I don't actually regularly patronize this website. <laughs> <laughs> Joe really is not don't. on the moderator no. on their no. forums. No. I, I, but also they claim that Dr. Arthur Vadrine, you remember him, the guy who operated on Huey Long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they 
they claim he was also Jewish and that he deliberately botched the operation. Well, so this is a pretty, a pretty amazingly well-run operation that apparently these uh, these Zionist conspirators didn't put together. Hmm. Yeah, and amazing. It's like, you know, I mean, if you want to talk, to, it's 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 interesting. You know, these guys that um, run websites like this and say stuff like this, they apparently don't like Jews because they think they're an inferior race. Apparently. And yet, at the same time, it's like, wow, those Jews, is there anything they can't do? Yeah, there, there is a bit of a juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay, before we move on from that, theory, uh, from that theory, I just want to reiterate that, no, I don't think that the Zionists or the Jews were behind the murder of Huey Long. Do you guys disagree with me? Not at all. Yeah. I, I'm in complete agreement that, what? <laughs> I'm shocked this has even even made the show. To be honest, that's how silly I think this is. Well, you know, I like. Yeah, it is. It is absurd. But yeah, I, we. I, we I, I I appreciate Joe following our our guideline of we will talk about any theory. That's yeah, fair. No matter how ridiculous. That's it is. fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's loony. Yeah. What's so? What's next? Oh, next theory. Uh, Huey Long was killed by his bodyguards. I, I'll get on board with this one right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, after all, there were a lot of bullets flying around. Um, mm. and some versions of this story say that Weiss did not even have his gun on him, and he just punched Long in the face. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and apparently Huey Long did have a split lip when he showed up at the hospital. Uh, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, and also, you know, that if he had a bullet, a bullet wound in the front and the back, he was shot by a thirty two ACP. No. That's a pretty anemic round. I mean, maybe it could have made it all the way through and out the backside. What what uh, is a, a I don't know my guns that well. Can you give another gun that that caliber would be equivalent to? I mean, is that like a nine millimeter? Just oh no, slightly it's different. Much much smaller than a nine millimeter. So it's like a twenty two. Oh, it's bigger than a twenty two. Bigger than a twenty five. Slightly. So it's slightly bigger than a twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Just just ten, sim- yeah. simply put. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's okay. So it's it's uh, you know it's it's a deadly round. I mean everything, but it's not. I mean um, I've shot hay bales with a twenty two that have popped out the other side though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hay bales. A hay bale. That's, yeah, I mean, it, it not, can. Not a human body. I'm sorry. When was the last time you dealt with a hay bale? Those things are packed super, super tight. Mm-hmm. A machine packs a hay bale. That's dense material. I just shot an arrow through a hay bale this weekend, so. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just saying. She-Hulk. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you... You know, I, what is it? You, you guys hate hay bales. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Hey, yeah. Bill, hate over here. Nah. No, I mean, I think that the point is, is that a thirty-two is not, it's not, it's likely. not a huge caliber It's not gun. likely to go all the way through a human body, particularly from no. four feet away, right? No, yeah. Or maybe. Right. But yeah. at point blank? Maybe point blank. at point blank. It doesn't lose that, in the four feet between the muzzle and the body, it's not going to lose that much velocity. It's really just hardly anything. And so I, I'm kind of doubtful that it could have actually overpenetrated. Overpenetrated means go through and through, right? Yeah, that's what it means. Over, that's what they. That's what I don't I know. Mean, how, I mean, how how frequently do you know handgun caliber kind of bullets go through a body? It's not it's not a super common occurrence, is it? Uh, small caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Small, sorry, smaller. Yeah. Ca- you know, nine millimeters even. Yeah, you know, nine millimeters even. I don't think go all the way through that often. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously back in these days, this was before the invention of hollow points, and so there would have been a full jacket of bullet, which would have traveled further, but I still doubt that it would have gotten all, gone all the way through. Maybe it did, but uh, as no bullet was found in the operation, uh, overpenetration is the most likely possibility, except uh, one of the assisting surgeons did say that a small caliber bullet was removed during surgery. 
do you, oh, no. do, you, do you want to talk about that now? A little bit. Well, and then and then somebody else said that uh, an object was found, but it was actually fecal matter. I heard mm. that it was a blood clot, or read that I, a, it was one a, of a blood one place. It was also. actually a blood clot. Yeah, uh, and so there's a lot of different there's a lot of different versions of this. Uh, another uh, the same doctor supposedly removed another bullet from Long's body at the funeral home after he died. His body was taken to a funeral home, and apparently. He took a, bar, a bullet out then. Wasn't there um, something about this guy, he had a safe deposit box and his family owned it and said that the bullet was in there and mm. the, the investigators somehow got into it and discovered it wasn't even from a thirty-eight. Does this sound yeah. familiar to you? Well, no. It was, um, the, or I is think, that somewhere later on? Yeah, I think what you're thinking about is there was a, the, the, Louisiana, the Louisiana State uh, Bureau of Criminal Investigation. The head of it at this time was a guy named General L.F. Gare. And okay. he apparently had a bunch of this evidence, including the gun and the bullet, and, and a bullet and, and six cartridges uh, in his possession, along with some files and photos and, and other stuff. Uh, his daughter eventually inherited it or something and wound up in a safe deposit box. And eventually when it turned up, there was a big custody battle between... Carl Weiss's son and her over who got to keep the, the pistol. Okay. Yeah, and which Carl Weiss won. Carl Weiss Jr. won, so he got the gun. But anyway, they but of course they analyzed the gun and, and the and the bullet. There was a single fired slug found with it, along with the six unfired cartridges. Mm. And they tested the gun and the and the, and the, the slug, and they didn't match. So, <laughs> huh. so who knows where that uh, where that fired bullet came from? It's yeah, it's a puzzle. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arthur Vadrine, the surgeon, later said that Long actually had two bullets in him, in him, one of which was a thirty-eight, which is strange because he didn't say anything about finding a bullet at the time. So there's a lot of disagreement on this. Uh, even if he found a single bullet, obviously it eliminates overpenetration. Obviously he would have had to have been shot twice. Yeah. The bullet mm. had been found in him, right? Isn't it possible, though, if let's run on the theory that it's point blank, mm-hmm. that Weiss could have pulled the trigger if it's an automatic, it could have gotten two shots off. Uh-huh. If it's a point blank, it's essentially going to be one entry wound. Mm. If they're in rapid succession, one over penetrates or goes through, and the other one bounces around and lodges somewhere. I mean, mm. isn't that a possible exactly. scenario? So you're saying two shots, but one bullet hole, one, one entry wound? One entry wound, because... That seems unlikely, but I guess it's, I guess well, it's, I mean, theoretic- you, it's theoretically possible. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, if you walk up to a guy and you jam it into his, his gut and you mm-hmm. pull the trigger and it automatically fires two rounds in a row, mm-hmm. they're going to be almost identical locations for entry. Yeah, well, according to... Perfect theory, it is not. I get that. Yeah. But I know people are going to say, well, but it could have all come through one location. I guess technically, I don't know if... I don't think an automatic handgun is the same. I mean, I don't think you think of it as a... It's not just going to, like, fire multiple rounds. No, it's it's not fully automatic. Semi-automatic. It's a semi-auto. But if if you pull it fast enough, they damn near go off at the same Mm. time if you can get a quick squeeze on it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he supposedly, according to one biography of Huey Long, which, which was pretty exhaustively researched, apparently he did get off two shots. This guy claims, but one of the one of the bullets hit one of Huey Long's bodyguard mm. bodyguards in the wristwatch. Apparently, the wristwatch stopped the bullet or at least slowed it down. Okay. Yeah, and so since they found a, mag- a pistol magazine that went with the gun with six cartridges in it, 
and the gun only holds seven in the magazine. Oh, assuming, okay. Assuming he had, assuming, he didn't have one chambered. Assuming, he, assuming he had, if if he had one chambered, then he would, that he, makes then, eight. Then he got off. Yeah, he got off two rounds. One of which hit this guy in the wrist. The other one, which hit hit Huey Huey Long. Um, of course, I'm not even convinced that the gun had eight rounds in it. And all, with all the bullets flying, it's, it's it's entirely possible that the guy got hit in the wrist by somebody else's bullet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would not be at all surprised by that. So, but at the most, he got off two rounds. The okay. very most, yeah. Not a lot, not a lot, really. He should have. Uh, well, anyway, I'll talk about that later. Another possibility is that Carl Weiss, Carl Weiss did shoot him, but just once, and then the other bullet hole in the back guy was was courtesy of one of the security guards, mm. one of the bodyguards. So they weren't entirely accurate, yeah. Like we've been presuming they were. So there yeah. were there were two entry wounds and two bullets in him, mm-hmm. which yeah could have been causing some internal bleeding that they didn't yeah. find necessarily. Yeah. After yeah. the first exploratory surgery. Yeah. 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 Two entry wounds. You presume one of them has got to be exit wounds, so you track between them to try to find the bullet. That yeah. would make sense. Yeah. Apparently, there actually is evidence that Weiss didn't have the gun on him. Uh, his, a guy named Donald Pavi was the, the nephew of Judge Pavi, which would make him, I guess, Carl Weiss's cousin or something. Yeah, he wrote a book about this, uh, laying out his theory that the bodyguards did it. Uh, and he said the gun was taken from Weiss's car and put at the murder scene after the shooting by the state troopers. And he, he, he interviewed Ed, Tom Ed Weiss, who was Carl Weiss's brother, who had gone down to the legislature when he heard about the brouhaha going down there and, and mm. going on down there. And he saw... Carl Weiss's car parked there. It was locked. And he looked in the window and he saw that the gun was in the glove box. Apparently, it was didn't have the door shut or something. And that, maybe glove boxes in those days didn't have little doors on them. Yeah, some of them didn't. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, but apparently he was in the habit of keeping it in, in a sock in his glove box of his car. Hmm. That's for, not uncommon. No, no. Who doesn't do that? Well, no. Pe- keeping a gun in a sock is something that oh. you do to keep them oiled. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Keep them from getting all scratched up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he went back later to the, to the car, and uh, the car had been moved, and apparently had been broken into, ransacked, and the gun was missing. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that could have been random, but yeah, okay. It could have been random, too. Uh, but, but apparently all of his theories are built on interviews and affidavits he got from people who were either at, at the Capitol or in the hospital that night. So there was a nurse who was in the operating room when Long was brought in, and uh, she said that the senator had a lacerated lip. And she said that a doctor asked, well, what is that in your lip? And Long answered, oh, that's where he hit me, which sort of buttresses the theory that Carl Weiss hit him and didn't shoot him. Yeah. Do we know Weiss was, I'm presuming, right-handed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, well, Long was shot in the was, left side? He was shot in the right side. The right side. Yeah, which doesn't necessarily make Weiss. Well, yeah, no, that kind of makes sense when you think about from left to right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like shaking hands. Mm-hmm. You would hit somebody on that side. So, okay. I wonder, do we know what side of the face the, the, this, the abrasion was on his lip or the, mm-hmm. okay. It, it was not an abrasion. It was like, it was, it was split and swollen. Right. The split lip. I mean, was yeah. it on his left or his right? Cause mm-hmm. what I'm trying to figure out is, was it a matter of, well, I'm again, I'm, this is conjecture, but I'm just trying to figure it out is did wise walk up and take a swing at him and sock him in the lip and then pull out a gun to, to add insult to injury and shoot him in the gut mm-hmm. or 
Okay, well, if he was right-handed and then he hits him in the face and it ends up on the left hand, left half of his face. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm, you know where I'm going here? Yeah, see, I like, I'm trying to corroborate I this in, in, in human factors. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he would have had time. I mean, his body, bodyguards are right there. He wouldn't have had time to punch him in the face and then pull the gun. I agree are you with you that talking entirely. About, are you talking about punching him and then with, with, while holding a gun in the other hand? Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so you got, you've got the gun in one hand. You sock him in shoot him mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, that's that's possible but i you know it's also possible that he just biffed him in the face and the bodyguards were angry and one of them shot him and yeah the other i can ones, see that the entirely as well their guns that started blazing away too yeah. yeah and you know shoot 61 times ask questions later yeah i mean I, I, yeah. and i know it's it's unheard of for cops to shoot innocent people multiple times and then lie about it later but, yeah. <laughs> very unheard of yeah it's yeah, never, I never mean, happens i yeah. think the the uh, story, anecdotal evidence would suggest that he would have just hit him in the face. Well, really. Yeah. I mean, more than, you know, that's a, that's a punishment more befitting the crime, I think. Mm-hmm. Is a punch to the face, not two shots to the gut. But... Yeah, I know. No, not one or two shots to the gut. Yeah, yeah. Was. Yeah. So what other evidence does this, this, this Pavi guy put out here? Uh, uh, he uh, has an affidavit from a, a guy named Francis Grovenberg, or Grevenberg, who was superintendent of state police in the 1950s in, in Louisiana. He told of a story when he was with four state troopers. Uh, he said, and he actually wrote about this in his memoirs, because he wrote a book he served and served in World War II, and, and you know, and... And then he uh, spent a bunch of time battling crime syndicates in Louisiana. So he wrote a memoir about this. Okay. And so he repeated that in there also. He said that these troopers had been t- were talking about how Weiss's gun had been taken from his car after the shooting. And then he said, and, uh, this is a quote from his book, and then I made a mistake, Grabenberg said. I said, it appears to me that all the actions following the shooting were a conspiracy to cover up the accidental death of Senator Long and the killing of Dr. Weiss. Continuous quote. After I made that unfortunate statement, the bodyguards became very quiet. Um, so, interesting story, if true. Although some, some people have put out the theory that those guys were just repeating a story that had been circulated by anti-Long politicians. Hmm. That his bodyguards had killed him and... and, and gotten the book so it's, it's it's kind of up in the air the party line so yeah. to speak yeah uh there was also one of the bodyguards was named delmas sharp and his son delmas sharp jr uh said his dad once talked about long's death prior to a meeting that the two of them had with a another bodyguard whose name was joe messina and uh after the meeting his dad his dad said to him well that's joe messina the killer Donald Pavey, again, the author of this book, uh, said he also spoke to members of the Murphy Roden family. Murphy Roden was one of the bodyguards also. Okay. Mm. Yeah, a lot of bodyguards. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, of course, he's, he's long since passed on, but they said that they, they under, their understanding is that Roden accidentally shot Long. And uh, he also got some testimony from the son of a, a reporter who was an eyewitness to the shooting who apparently said the same thing. So it looks like maybe a cover-up. I don't know. So my verdict on this is that Donald Pavi is probably right. Uh, at the time, as I've already said this, Judge Pavi was really kind of nearing retirement age anyway. Um, he could wasn't truly a career killer at that. No, point. it wasn't a career. I just want to talk nostalgically for a second about the days at which sixty-one was retirement age. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't intend to ever retire because Mm-mm. there's not going to be no retirement system. Yeah. No, there ain't. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, 61, I don't know, was retirement age. I, it was, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, by the time you retire, it's going to be about 80. 90. Yeah. 90. Yeah, I know. Probably. Yeah. 
generally in those in those in those days you didn't necessarily retire you just worked till you died which was 60 which yeah. is, i know i know yeah. well the people who lived yeah. those old ages were the ones who worked until they died yeah i know yeah so but the other the other reason i doubt this is that obviously it'd be suicidal to pull a gun and shoot huey long when he's insane. surrounded by a bunch of guys that are armed to the teeth insane yeah he that also does had, seem a bit off. Yeah, he had a wife and he had a young, very young infant son, you know, so obviously he had plenty to live for. It doesn't really make sense when you think about it. Of course, again, if there was a brain tumor or something like that involved, maybe, I guess. Something but, that altered his rational thinking. Yeah, but they, uh, when they dug his body up, they didn't find any evidence of that. Of, of course, after all these years, who knows how much would be left to look at. Um, but the other thing that I find kind of, that kind of kills it for me for him being the shooter is that uh, he was shooting a semi-automatic gun and if he had to drop on long and he, if he really intended to kill him why did he fire once and possibly twice when he could have emptied the gun into him in about a, about a second yeah. why did, and yeah. also why did he aim at his gut yeah yeah not his I, head or yeah. chest i i think yeah i think that he uh you know, people overestimate feet. the killing power of guns all the time yeah though. but four feet isn't that far away i mean it'd be I mean, it's a gun. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're aiming in the general direction. It's going to hit in the general direction. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, fine. You're not aiming for the head, but at least like the upper chest area. Right? Not the like, I'm going to shoot you in the stomach. Uh -huh. That'll kill you. Yeah. People tend to misjudge things like that. I mean, a handgun is very, very subjective to angle that it's being the angle that it's being held at but have you ever goofing around grabbed a water pistol and scored at somebody and you're like i'm gonna shoot him in the face and then you shoot him in the knee no, mm -hmm. no i'm a good missed. shot yeah. well this is not <laughs> take your time draw and hold it's just like pull it up and start squeezing the trigger people do this i mean there's all kinds of, of videos of people like i'm gonna totally just draw really fast and i'm gonna shoot that target and instead they shoot the ground two feet in front of them or yeah. their foot what yeah are... No, I understand that. That's fair, but I think Joe's point is also fair. Like, why wouldn't you just... Joe said that, right? Why yeah. wouldn't you empty the... the yeah, 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 no, no. I'm, I... I... Yeah. That totally makes sense. There is... I mean, there is... Uh, there was some note in the uh, in the files of the Louisiana State Police that one of the bodyguards knocked the gun down. It was originally pointed towards Long's chest. He was Long's oh. chest. And he, he knocked it down, and so he shot him in the gut instead. Mm. Um but I still, you know, I don't. I still don't see why he didn't shoot him a couple more times, you know. Or if a bodyguard was that close, why how sixty-two bullets went into him? Well, uh, one well, of them went into the bodyguard who was right there into his watch. Yeah, could be that's where the watch shot came it's from. Incredible yeah. aim, though. The, well, uh, the sixty-one, <laughs> the sixty-one they, uh, rounds are incredible in general. Yeah, yeah they, uh, you know, apparently him. This, I think the bodyguard was Murphy Roden. Mm. From that, if I'm not. If, if I'm not incorrect, he managed to wrestle wrestle him away from Long and shove him up against the wall. And I guess at that point he backed away from him enough so that everybody else could open fire on him and, That's and ventilate silly. him. Yeah, uh, ventilate him. Yeah, yeah. They yeah they aired him out pretty good. Okay. I think. Uh, and my, my only other theory would be that uh, it, maybe it was an assassination after all, and and one or two of Huey's bodyguards uh, shot him. I well, when I did the the reading into the medical research that's been done on on this case, the one thing that I found that was really intriguing is in your gut. You know, your your gut 
has cavities inside of it. It's not as if all of your organs and everything are pushed into one giant solid mass. There yeah, are no, there's, gaps there's like the areas things. where there's like styrofoam packing peanuts. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The styrofoam packing peanut area. I think we of your call that fat. Yeah. 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 No, but there's, there's voids where there is not an organ. Mm-hmm. And those voids based on how, you know, where you are in the, the lower regions of the abdomen, there can be folds in it. One of the things that I found is I cannot, I wish I could, but I cannot remember the name of the interior lining of the gut. Not your stomach or your intestine, but just your interior abdomen wall, the lining mm. of that. Is that like the, the peritoneum or yeah, something Thank like you. That? That's yeah. the word. I knew it yeah. started with a P. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's possible that that can have folds on itself. Mm-hmm. And some of this research said that... When Long was shot, he was actually shot through an area that had a fold. And here's the easy way to think about it. Take a piece of paper and fold it in half and poke a hole in it. Mm-hmm. Unfold it, and you've got an entry and an exit wound. Mm-hmm. Take a new piece of paper, fold it in half, and then fold it on uh, in half again on itself, and then poke a hole through it and unfold it, and now you've got four holes. Mm -hmm. So the doctors may have seen what they considered the entry and the exit wound, so they dealt with those, but these other two holes are not necessarily going to be where they're looking, and so those are perforations, which would then cause blood loss, which Mm -hmm. would cause internal bleeding. Yeah. So that's completely plausible because, I mean, it's not a straight line inside of you. No. It's not a yeah. solid surface. Obviously, uh, they, either, they either missed something, something that was bleeding, they missed it big, or maybe the repair to the intestines just, just didn't quite hold. I don't know. And also, apparently, that's, a, that's completely a normal to, uh, yeah. to stitch up intestines. Yeah. And the t- intestines are like uh, tissue paper. Yeah. They're not strong. Mm-hmm. For all the crap that they hold, pun intended, they're not all that strong. Mm-hmm. You gotta, probably can't use sutures. You probably got to use duct tape on them. So, <laughs> um, the, uh, I think they use glue now. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do, actually. No, yeah. Glue. yeah. Super glue? Yeah. yeah. Um, the the other thing about about the surgery, I forgot to mention this at the time, but apparently, you know, as, you, as always, when you get shot in the colon, a certain amount of fecal matter gets you know spread around the inside yes. of your guts. Right, and apparently there's not much evidence that they actually irrigated, and then there was that they flushed that, that they which would have caused the infection. That yeah. could easily cause an infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, his medical care was probably not the most competent, but yeah, but also I don't I don't know that Weiss shot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the medical care may not have been perfect, but if you have twenty crazy harried bodyguards and political <laughs> consultants yeah. breathing down your neck, it's going to make watching nervous, what huh? you do. Yeah, when was the last time you had somebody sitting at your desk while you were working and you kept screwing up because somebody was watching you? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that when you now have a scalpel and sutures and somebody's life is in your hands. Yeah, and you're Talk not a very good racket. doctor to begin with. Yeah, Doctor Vadrine was like, I'm not going to call him incompetent. But I don't think he was really qualified for this kind of surgery. Uh, no, uh, he. he at, this, at all, really. I don't think he'd ever done this kind of surgery. Before. He not. I don't think he had any gunshot. Wounds I don't think experience. he ever did again. Yeah. yeah. With good reason. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. So, uh, so yeah. Just uh, unfortunate for old Huey, but uh, you know, I 
think he was, and I really, it is possible that maybe some anti-long guys had gotten a mole into his, his phalanx of bodyguards, and the guy was just waiting for the opportunity when, you know, some, some big hassle came up, some, something came up where he gave him an opportunity to pull his gun and shoot Huey a few times. Maybe that's what happened. Now Joe's making filler. Yeah, theories. he is. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I think we're done here. I think More we likely, might be so, kind of done. Yeah. You guys want to take a vote? What do you think? I, I think Huey Long died. Yeah, do you think he died of an accidental shooting, or do you think he was assassinated by Carl Weiss? Both. Really? I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, I think it was an accidental shooting by his I, bodyguard. It was a sh- I think his bodyguard did it, not, not Weiss. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. I don't know if it was yeah. accidental the, the, or not, but... The split lip kind of indicates that Weiss... Like Weiss socked him. him in the mouth yeah, yeah. And the for being a jerk to him yeah yeah and then the guards went nuts and shot him you know yeah <laughs> yeah and so that's kind of what i'm thinking too too bad for weiss really. oh and, yeah and his wife and his kid and his, and his family no his family more yeah. than anybody yeah oh, yeah yeah a terrible thing and obviously obviously his son carl weiss and other other family members and relatives are still trying to clear his name it's hard to say it. I, I think more people are convinced that Weiss was innocent than, than not, personally. But the official line is that Weiss did it, so... Yeah, that's the official that's line. That's really hard to change. It is really hard to change. Without but, a, yeah. without the smoking bullet, mm-hmm. you're, you're smoking gun. Yeah, I I think so, too. But I, I after all the reading I've done on this, I'm pretty certain that Weiss did not shoot yeah. Huey Long. Anyway, that's about it. Um, do you guys have any more thoughts on this? No. I do or? not. So ends another successfully solved mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so you probably want to know more about us. You can check us out at our website, thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, where you can leave comments, uh, check links. You can also listen to episodes from there. Uh, If you're probably more likely getting us from iTunes, so if you are indeed doing that, uh, if if you haven't done this already, please subscribe and give us a review, preferably a good review. Mm. We like those a lot better. Uh, as far as streaming us, you can stream us from God knows how many websites these days, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, tons of them. Stop counting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're, what are we? We're Thinking Sideways Podcast on Facebook, right? Just, just Thinking Sideways. Search Thinking Sideways Podcast on Facebook. You'll find the yeah. page and the group. Oh yeah, don't forget the group. The group yeah. is insane right now. Yeah, it's I know. Super, super busy. Insane. They're, they're going nuts over. Uh, yeah. Over yeah, the yeah. story that we it's released like, this week, which yeah, yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah, we like that. There's a lot of awesome discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really, I, I love the group because we don't really have to do so much sometimes. Is we can just watch all this stuff happen mm-hmm. and then just go in, make a comment, and then just watch everybody just, it's like we're not even there. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's fantastic to see it. how much work these people do yeah. and how into it they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I know. Pretty soon they're going to be having like a few more years, they're gonna, all these people are going to get together and they're going to start having conventions and stuff. Mm. It'll be like Comic-Con. Yeah. Thick, thick <laughs> sideways of con. Yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah. Be, con. they'll be selling, uh, you know, my scalp, the, yeah. the plastic <laughs> version of my bald head yeah. Yeah. with a little bit of fuzz on it. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, th- th- there will be action figures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of selling stuff, the website also has the, the merchandise on it. Oh, yes, we've got it. merch on there. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. there's a little picture now that yeah. says merchandise yeah, on it. little mm-hmm. link so you can go out and buy merchandise yep. on Zazzle, correct? Yes. Yeah. What else have we got? Uh, Twitter. We are on Twitter. Uh, we are thinking sideways. That's without the G. And uh, last of all, if you want to send us an email, then you can send us one at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And that's about it for all the information. Um, 
Any last thoughts, you guys? Uh uh-uh. uh. All right. No. I really. No. I'm yeah. exhausted. Really? This one. Yeah, I know. So we've yeah. been uh, just as a heads up. We've been talking a lot about death and murder lately, so we're gonna change it up a little bit, probably, and talk about uh, I don't know what the tooth fairy, probably. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, something, something. Salamanders. Like yeah, yeah. I've seen some really cool salamanders this week, so we're gonna no, talk about salamanders. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That works for me. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so that's it for this week. So long, everybody. See you in a week. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>